Here we go. At our church, Jesus is Lord. That single belief calls us together as a community and sends us into our world with hope and purpose. At our church, your past will never define your future. There's always redemption, which means there's always a brighter day. At our church, we don't think we're better than any other church out there. We're just doing our best to become our best. At our church, we want you to believe in God, but we also want you to know that God believes in you. We are not against people who don't attend church anywhere. Instead, we pursue them with love, the very same love that's pursuing us. At our church, we're learning to serve God with all our hearts and we're learning to worship Him with all our lives. And if you're looking for the perfect church, we're not it. At our church, we will make mistakes, but we will choose to grow from them. At our church, we're part of a global community that's knit together by the resurrection of Jesus. And by the way, at our church, we believe that really happened too. At our church, we will engage with people who are in real need because we are the hands and the feet of Christ. And finally, we need you to hear this loud and clear. At our church, it's not really our church at all, it's His. And we live and move and breathe in His church for His glory and His fame, not ours. So here's the invitation. You're invited to jump in with your whole heart at your own pace and to experience the life that awaits you in Christ. Friends, this is going to be good. Welcome to our church. Come on, give him some praise in the house of the Lord. Come on, give it a little hotter. Come on, raise it. Blessed be his name. Well, it's so good to see you. Look at someone and say, I'm so glad you're here. Those watching online, we're so glad you're here as well. Being in the house of the Lord is so important. That's how we get to know him, grow in him, and become all in him. Someone say amen. Amen, amen. So this is the day the Lord has made. How many are ready to worship the Lord? How many are really waiting? Watch this now. How many are waiting to see what God's going to do for you today? I call that anticipation. Um, and God doesn't make you wait all the time. It's not like Hunt's Ketchup, right? How many remember that commercial? I'm dating myself. Hunt's Ketchup. Hesitate, yeah. Well, God is good. We're going to worship the Lord in spirit and truth. We're going to go to, we're going to start a journey today. I'll share a little bit about that journey a little later. But we're going to start a journey that's going to lead us to a bigger journey, a big celebration. How many like to celebrate? Come on. Okay, we got a few of you like to celebrate. The rest of you like to watch someone to celebrate. Woo, look, they're having so much fun. It's like the people on the dance floor. People on the dance floor having a good time sometimes. And you're like, oh, they're having such a good time. Some people do know how to have a good time. And wherever they are, they just laugh and they just have a good time. And, uh, and if you're little thinking about dancing, well, you know, wait till you get to heaven. There's going to be a lot of dancing. Amen? And, uh, you know, dancing is good when it's the right type of dancing. Let's not throw the baby out with the bathwater, right? Honey, you want to dance right now? Come on over. Come on over. Come here. Come on. Come on. Look at this. Look at this. Come on. Dude. Watch this now. Here comes the big move. <laughs> oh, oh, she has vertigo. <laughs> Uh, forgot about the twirly twist. Yeah, it's not. Yeah. I do that all the time. Um, but anyhow, that's why she's so dizzy. 
I turn her so much. Give God some praise in the house of the Lord. Amen. Amen. Let's go before Father and let's ask God to just do a work in us, through us, and around us. Father, we are so grateful for this day where we can gather together, as your Bible tells us, to gather together so that iron sharpens iron with an anticipation, God. Help us to be hungry for all that you have, all that you want to do. Lord, we are living exciting days. And I pray that those here today and those online would just understand that one day, one day, we're going to see you and that we need to make sure we're ready. We're ready for the flight, but more important, we're ready to meet you face to face. So Lord, will you, by your Holy Spirit, will you now receive, do a work in our hearts and receive this worship to your name, for we love you. In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen, amen. All right, praise the Lord. God is good. I want you to look at someone and ask them if they're ready. I want to talk to you today about are you ready? How many of you, um, when you're going out somewhere, you're the last one to get in the car? You know, how many of you, you get in the car, I see those hands, you get in the car, this used to happen all the time, we get the kids in the car, we had four boys, get all the four boys, if we didn't have another four other boys with us too, besides friends and everything, and we get them in the car, and then all of a sudden, what do you think someone has to say? Got to go to the bathroom. And of course, what do we say? Didn't we already tell you, you know? There are some people, they will be late for their funeral. I I don't know, I'm just going to say that's not true statement, but I sometimes think it's. I know they're late for church a lot. <laughs> I know I've done a lot of marriages, and um, one time I married a family member, and it is 40 minutes after the due time. And for me, I like starting on time. And uh, 40 minutes, and the party's not here. I go into the bathroom, and the best man is shaving in the bathroom. I said, buddy. You got two minutes. I'm starting this wedding without you. He shaved in less than two minutes, was dressed, and in place. And I would have started the wedding without him. That's a lack of respect for anything when you're 40 minutes behind, and you're not dressed, and you're shaving, and you're at church doing it. And what, what, what do I mean by that? People are not ready. Mentally, they're ready. My, my brother probably going to watch this, but my younger brother... Um, I'm working with him. He had cattle, and we had to do some stuff with the water, and he had a phone call, and the phone call was he had to be somewhere. He said to the person, I'm on my way. He hung it up, and I said, dude, you're not on your way. You're still, we haven't fixed this problem. He said, mentally, I'm on my way. So I learned a big thing that day. When my brother says he's on his way, he's not really moved yet. Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you a person who is prepared for things? And we're facing things in this world that's coming that's going to rock people's worlds. And the question is, are you ready? Are you really ready? I want to talk to you about this today, and then we're going to go into our mission. And then after that, we're going to do a series called Who's Your One? It will be a series that will lead us to a point of a celebration. And we'll talk more about that. Someone say, I like to celebrate. I like to celebrate. I I really do. 
We can look at history in the news today and we can see what's happened. And we have in the financial world all of the things that are taking place there. We look at the political world. We look at technology. Uh, we look at the family unit. We look at the workplace. We look at our neighborhoods. We look at our community. Everything is going through change. Look at your neighbor and say, ain't that right? However, what really concerns me is people are not talking to people. We have a lot of social networks, but not good relationships. And God wants relationships. And in order to have good relationships, you have to do some preparation. Someone say it's better to prepare than perspire. Huh? Yeah, you can perspire by not doing what you're supposed to do, or you can prepare. And when it comes to your spiritual life, you need to get ready. Let's take a little journey today. And let me just turn this thing on here. Let's take a journey today and let's talk about the rapture. The rapture is the next thing that will take place. And if you look at scripture, you'll find things like this. Jesus says in Luke 12, 10, you also must be ready. Someone say, be ready. If someone's next to you and his name is Freddie, say, be ready, Freddie. You also must be ready because the Son of Man will come in an hour when you do not expect him. Jesus many times is telling him, tells us through the scriptures he's coming back. John 14, 3 says, and if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and take you to myself that where I am, you may be also. I want you to just think about that for a moment because the next prophetic thing to take place with the church is the rapture. Jesus fulfilled 300, over 350 prophecies, and the next prophecy to be filled is that God's coming back for his bride, for his church, for his followers, for those who have a relationship with him. And all through scripture, you see it. This relationship, you see the relationship between the Lord and Israel and how uh, unique it was and how they kept on rebellion and how he kept on trying to bring them back. And then finally, they finally never chose the Messiah when he came. In Ephesians 5.26 is this wonderful picture of the church being the bride and Jesus being the groom. And there's a metaphor there. And that metaphor is talking about this relationship between a man and a, wo a woman, and then it's talking about Christ being the groom and the church being the bride. But it doesn't stop there because when you look at Revelation chapter 19, it really shows us the bride, the church. It says this, let us rejoice and be glad and give him glory. Come on, can we give him some glory? Come on. Give him some glory and praise. He's worthy of all the glory. For the wedding of the Lamb has come, and his bride has made herself ready. Fine linen, bright and clean, was given her to wear. Then the angel said to me, Write, blessed are those who are invited to the wedding supper of the Lamb. And he added, these are the true words of God. I know we're living in a world today. I know we're living in a world today that people don't think much about God. God is like, yeah, he's over there and I'm over here. I love him. He loves me. And I'm okay because everybody's going to heaven. Did you ever notice that? The worst thing, the hottest thing sometimes is at a funeral because at a funeral, everybody puts people into heaven automatically. Well, we don't want to think otherwise. 
But the reality is Jesus Christ has given us a gift. He's given us a free will gift for us to receive. If I had $100 and I gave it to you, would you take it? Yeah, why do you take it? Because it has value. If I spit on it, will you take it? No. <laughs> Maybe, but, but does the value go down? No, it still has a value. If I lost a $100 bill and I can't find it, does that $100 bill lost still has value? Yes. The re reality that you and I need to recognize is that people don't want God in the right place. They, they're too busy in life. Matter of fact, they can work a full load a week, work hard in their house, renew floors and build walls and renew kitchens. They can do all that stuff. But when it comes to Sunday, when it comes to God's day, I'm too tired. And all those things is, not, is a lack of preparation of the soul. Someone say lack of preparation. And so I want you and I to get ready today because I believe, and I believe, God is working so much right now and setting the stage for what's about to happen in the, in the future. Because suddenly Christ will come one day. It's going to happen. It's not, a, it's not an if, it's a when. And the big question when will this take place? You know, a lot of people try guessing that, and they've been trying to guess it from the beginning of eons of time. The bottom line is, we are to, God wants us obedient to him. God wants a relationship. God has been communicating to his people over and over again throughout the generations. In Mark and Matthew, it says this, he who has ears to hear, let him hmm. Matthew 13, 15, it says this, for his people's heart, talking about the Israel people, the people's heart have grown cold and hard. And do you know our hearts can grow cold and hard when we have a, something happen to us or we get hurt or we have a painful situation. And instead of allowing God to nurture us, we get hard in heart. Uh, we get uh, almost angry and bitter and resentment came, comes, comes over us. And those are the things that will make a heart hard. And so it says this, the people's hearts are grown cold and hard and dull with their ears they barely can hear and their eyes are closed. Listen to what the Lord says. This is when he talked in parables. Least they should see with their eyes, hear with their ears, and understand with their heart and turn, and I would heal them. But you can't, you can't heal a hard heart. You can't heal a heart that doesn't want anything to do with the gift. And so what happens is when things take place, it's not a time to run from God. It's a time to run from God. It's a time to run to God. How many ever heard the song, Running For My God? Anybody? Oh, man, let's try to, we got to remember that. Running For My God. I used to have a, a lot of youth, and they would run for their God. I mean, you talk about, you know, you get 40 kids running for their God. I mean, hungry to want God. Now, let me ask you a question. How hungry are you and how hungry are you run to God, whether in prayer, uh, whether uh, during the day? How hungry are you? Now, when it gets to 12 o'clock, 1230, some of your stomachs will growl. You know what that says? You're hungry. But no matter what age you are, hunger should continue to grow. I I'm only, I shouldn't lie in church at my age either, huh? Mm. 
I'm still young, and I'm hungrier every day. Right, Hattie? Yes. Yes, she says. Revelation 2.7 says, he who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the church. Let's look a little bit here dealing with the rapture. There are really four views in the rapture. What's a rapture? The rapture is when God's going to come and gather his church together and take it out of the world before he brings judgment to a world that wants no God. But here are the three views, and it's very simple. You have the pre-tribulations, and these are people who believe, and this is what I believe, the church will be raptured before the tribulation begins and will be taken to be with Christ in heaven and will return with him at the end when Jesus physically comes back in the second coming. The midterm or mid-tribulation is that people believe, and this is, this is, a, possi- this is a possibility, I can understand why people believe this. Church will go through the first half of the tribulation, that will be three and a half years, and then will be taken to be with Christ in heaven and will return with him at the end when Jesus physically comes back in the second coming. When the Antichrist rise up, the three and a half first years are not going to be that bad, per se, because he's, he's not going to really turn his, show his colors. But there's going to be havoc that's going on in this world. The tribulation time, think of all the things that are taking place in the world, and it still can't compare to what this world's going to go under. And if you haven't read the book of Revelation in a long time, that's a good place to start. Then you go into Ezekiel and a bunch of Daniel and different other places. And the post-tribulation, this is the one that I disdain the most, is the church will go through the entire tribulation for seven years and be raptured simultaneously with Jesus when he returns to the earth in the second coming. So you probably say, well, pastor, why do you feel so strong about that one? And there's a lot of people who believe this. And I I really stick to what Ephesians says here. Listen to what it says, 2, 1 through 4. As for you, you were dead in your transgressions, that's sin, and okay, transgressions and sins, rebellion, in which you used to live when you followed the ways of this world and the ruler and the kingdom of the air, the spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient. How many of you have ever been disobedient? I, I see a few perfect ones out there. Hallelujah. But we used to be, we were, we were sinful, uh, we were disobedient, we did what we wanted to do. Look at verse 3. All of us also lived among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of our sinful nature and following its desires and thoughts. Like the rest, we were nature, we are by nature objects of wrath, children of wrath, children of disobedience. There's many translations to put the bottom line. Before we knew Jesus, you were a sinful rascal. Look at your neighbor and say, well, hopefully you're not a rascal anymore. But we were not right for God. Amen? However, however, 1 Thessalonians 5.8 tells us this. For since we belong to the day, that's to the light, let us be self-controlled, putting on faith and love as a breastplate. This is relationship now with God. This is new life in God. And the hope of the salvation as a helmet. Okay, that's, you can take this right down to Ephesians 6. 
For God did not appoint us to suffer wrath, but to receive salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ. When you are God's child, the tribulation would not come upon you, for you are a child of God. We are not children of disobedience. We are not children of wrath. Think about this. Your kid has chores in the house. One kid does his chores. The other kid didn't do his chores. Because this kid who didn't do his chores, he punishes this kid for the same. Does that make sense as a parent? It doesn't make sense. Why would God bring total disaster upon the ones he loves, and especially the ones that are bringing, uh, that are loving him. No, we're not children of wrath. And this is the reason why I believe the church will not go through the tribulation. We are not children of wrath, but we are children of light and of peace for such a time. But when the rapture takes place, God's people will leave, and God will start working with the nation of Israel. He's already working with the nation of Israel. I want you to understand God's doing uh, an incredible work. Now, look, look at the process here. I put a timeline for you guys so that you can understand this. I want you to get this because I'm laying a brick today. I'm laying another brick next week, and then we go into an application for a few weeks. Okay? So just bear with me today as we're heading in a direction. When you look at a biblical timeline, it starts out in a time of innocence in the Garden of Eden. Adam and Eve in the garden, and it was wonderful. But then came the time of conscience. That's when they bit from the, the tree of good and evil. Now they have knowledge. They know what good and evil is. Now it's conscience. Then the time of flood. Then there was a time with human government. That was with Babel. A time of Israel living under God's promises. That's the promises of Abraham. The time of the law that was given to Moses. A time of Christ. The fulfillment of the scriptures and the promise to the church. The time is the church right now. This is the next thing to take place. The rapture and the judgment uh, for believers. And that's another story of the great white throne, uh, uh, the Bema seat. The great white throne judgment is going to be at the end of the thousand-year reign where, where those that do not know Christ will be judged. So the judgment of the believers are going to be the bema seat of Jesus Christ. And then next time came the great tribulation on earth. Okay, there will be a peace treaty that's made by the Antichrist. The second coming of Christ will come and he will defeat. It's not going to be much of a battle. He's going to defeat the Antichrist. And then there's going to be a thousand-year reign. And then a time of the second judgment or the second death and a time of eternity. This is the process. This is from the beginning of God created, there's been things going on. Look at your neighbor and say, you're in the plan of God. Go check. You're in the plan of God. The question is, what are you going to do in this plan? What are you going to do with this plan? It's so important that you and I know. What are you going to do with this plan? Let me share a story. Um... When you look at Are You Ready, this is a true story that took place on an expedition on the South Pole. And um, Sir Ernest Shackleton left a few men on Elephant Island. And he promised to return because he had to be at another destination of some type of emergency. So he left his men on Elephant Island. 
which was dangerous because the ice would close up and he wasn't, they weren't sure he could come back and get them. So he said to them, be ready. Someone say, be ready. So here comes Sir Ernest Shackleton with the boat, and he waited for a couple days, and it was just solid with ice. One day, there was an opening. He knew he could be trapped in there for a long, long time. He went through this opening of ice, and when he got there, all his men were already packed, and they got on the ship, and as they left, the ice closed in. This is the most important conversation that he had with his men. He said to his men, I am so glad you were ready because we were all been captured and stuck on this island. And then the men said, you told us to be ready. And whenever we saw our clear skies and things could open up, we packed up our things knowing you would come. We, were, we said to each other, when the boss comes, we're going to be ready. Huh? When the boss comes, well, Jesus is more than a boss. He's ruler. He's a maker and the sustainer of all things. God is a good God, and we need to be ready that our heart's right. But don't just stop there. How about the hearts that don't know God yet? How about the kids that don't understand Jesus yet? How about the individuals that are in a lot of pain and they're depressed or they're down or their individual is sick? How about... How about people that we know in our family and our friends that don't know Jesus? They need to know Jesus. And if you do your part, God will do his part. Someone say amen. amen. So we have to live with a, an understanding of the rapture is going to take place. Now, the word rapture is not found in the Bible. You'll hear people always say that. That's not found in the Bible. It's not. It comes from a Latin word, hapazo. Hapazo means that when God does the rapture, he's going to snatch quickly, violently, in a second, quickly, gone. You and I will be gone. Quick. Close your eyes for a second. Gone. So let me take you on a journey. Look at 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. Brothers, we do not want you to be ignorant about those who fall asleep or to grieve like the rest of men who have no hope. We believe that Jesus died and rose again, so we believe that God will bring with Jesus those who have fallen asleep. What was this all about? The people were very concerned because they knew Jesus was coming, but they're saying, what's going to happen to our family members that already died? Are they going to miss Jesus coming back? And so they were concerned, and they didn't understand that, and that's why they asked the question. If they died before Jesus come back, would they miss going with Jesus? That's why it starts off where it says, Brothers, I do not want you to be ignorant. Ignorant is one who lacks truth, lack understanding, because they thought they would have no participation in gathering with Jesus because they died before his coming. And then he goes on to fulfill it a little bit more. Look at verse 15. According to the Lord's own words, we tell you that we who are still alive who are left till the coming of the Lord will certainly not precede those who have fallen asleep. Watch now. For the Lord himself will come down from heaven and with a loud command, with the voice of the archangel and with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. After that, we who are alive 
and our left will be caught up. That's hapazo, caught up, quickly snatched up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so we will be with the Lord forever. Someone say forever. forever. And ever and ever. So here's this plan that's going on. The Lord's going to come down, a great command, a voice unlocked angel, a trumpet's going to shout, uh, play. The dead in Christ are going to rise, and then those who are still alive, in a twinkling of an eye, we're going to be transformed, corruptible into incorruption. We'll talk about that in a second. When the rapture happens, it's going to be so quick. In a twinkle of an eye, they say a hundredth of a second. Let me show you this portion of scripture here where we, where we see this. It's found in 1 Corinthians 15, 52 to 58. In a moment, in a twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet, for the trumpet will sound, and the dead will be raised imperishable. That means cleansed, clean, no fault, no sin. And we will be changed that fast in a twinkle of an eye. For the perishable, that's where we are right now, must close itself with imperishable, and the mortal, that's where we are right now, with immortality. When the perishable has been closed with imperishable and the mortal with immortality, then the saying that is written will come true. Death has been swallowed up in victory. Where, O oh death, is your victory? Where, O oh death, is your sting? And then it concludes it in 56. The sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law. But, but, someone say but. <laughs> that conjunction now joins something together so tight. Thanks be to God. He gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my dear brothers, stand firm. Let nothing move you. Always give yourself to the full, fully to the work of the Lord because you know, you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. Give God some praise in the house of the Lord. I was talking to some people the other day. Let me, I want to introduce you to Fisherman Joe. This is Fisherman Joe. Hello, everybody. Joe, say hi. Hey, guys. Joe has come to let you know you need Jesus. You know Jesus? See, he knows Jesus. And he's, are you waiting for the rapture? He's waiting for the rapture. Now, I don't know about you, but he knows that the rapture is going to take place one day. The Bible says in a twinkling of an eye. Exactly how fast it's going to happen. That's why it's so important to be ready for that moment. In a twinkling of an eye. We have a world today that's so busy doing this and doing that and doing this. 
but we're not, we're not really thinking about the priorities. You know what a priority is? A priority is something that has value. You know what a priority is? A priority is something that's really important to you. You know what a priority is? A priority, a priority is something that you're going to put first over everything else because it's first to you. One day, one day, God is going to come back. But if you know Jesus as your Savior, if those watching online, if you know Jesus as your Savior, you can make him your Savior right where you are just by asking him to forgive you of your sins, make you a new creation, because one day people are going to be like this. <gasps> what happened? And I'm going to tell you right now, UFOs did not take the church away. A UFO is an unidentified object. I know the object that took it away. His name is Jesus. He called according to his plan, according to his word, according to what the book says. He follows the book because it's his word. It's important. The fact is that we'll spend about 10% of our walking, our walking hours with our eyes closed. Did you know that? You actually blink a lot. Some of you blink even more, but only one blink is we're going to be gone. It's up to 12,000 times per hour, a whopping 28,800 times in a day that your eyeballs are lubricated by blinking. So you want some lubrication? Blink. Clear out that dust. I was cutting some wood up and had all kind of sawdust in the air and stuff in my eyes. I'm like, oh, I should have glasses on. Then that little voice said, what would you say to someone else? So I put my glasses on. <laughs> but things in the air can dry your eyes, but it's going to happen that fast. The average human eye blinks at the speed of 300 to 400 milliseconds at three-tenths or four-tenths of a second. It's quick. You blink, and you, if you're not conscious about it, you don't even know you blinked. Except when you see that guy or that woman, and then you intentionally blink. And then we know that blink is a different blink. Okay, let's move on. Look at Matthew chapter 24. Look what it says. For in the days before the flood, people were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage up to the day Noah entered into the ark. And then they knew nothing about what would happen until the flood came and took them all away. That is how it will be at the coming of the Son of Man. Two men will be in the field, one will be taken and the other left. Two women be grinding with the hand mill, one will be taken and the other left. Therefore, keep watch because you do not know on what day our Lord will come. But understand this. If the owner of the house had known the time of the night the thief was coming, he would have kept watch and would not have his house broken into. So you also must be ready. Someone say, be ready. Because the Son of Man will come in an hour that you do not expect him. This is so important for you and I to know. We need to be ready. We really need to be ready. A gentleman was visiting a certain school, and he gave a prize. He looked at the fifth grade, fourth grade class, and their deaths were just atrocious. 
So this man thought he had a little challenge for them, and he said to them, I tell you what, I'm going to come and talk to you guys one more time, and when I do, the one who has the cleanest desk is going to get rewarded. Well, one little girl named Sally, well, she was a messy, and her desk was the worst in the class. And so when Sally said, I'm going to win the prize, the whole class started laugh at Sally because you, of all people, you have the worst desk in the whole class. She said, well, I'm going to clean it every Monday. He said, well, suppose it comes on the Friday. Is it messy? Then she started changing it. Finally, she realized, well, you know what? I'm going to clean it. I'm going to keep, just keep it clean. That's what I'm going to do. I'm just going to keep it clean. That's how I'm going to win. I'm going to be ready to keep it clean no matter when it comes back because I want the prize. Think about this for a moment. When's the last time you thought about it could be any day? When's the last time you thought if it was this day, who's not ready to go up? Who's not ready to meet God? Or who do you want someone to stay back behind you? This is a serious thing. I would not wish on my enemy to miss the rapture because the things that are coming down on this world is going to be tough. That's why it's so important to share the gospel. It's the life-changing message of Jesus Christ. It is so important, saints. And before we have communion, I just want to challenge you, you first personally and you online, are you ready? Are you ready? I mean, I don't want, I don't want religion. I, I, I don't want you to say, I know the scriptures. That has nothing to do, knowing the scriptures has nothing to do with relationship. Knowing about God has nothing to do with relationship. There's a lot of people who are married, but they have no relationship. Marriage, when relationship is wonderful and fruitful, but marriage without relationship is just the opposite. Why is that? Relationship with God means everything. So you need to real. are you ready? Have, do you have your sins forgiven? The Bible says all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Someone say all. all. all we're all messed up. That's why Jesus Christ came to give you life. Jesus wants to be your savior. But if he's not your savior, he's going to be your eternal judge forever to be lost not because he puts you in hell, because God put nobody in hell. Understand that. God does not put anybody there. We choose not to accept the free gift. You can close your eyes. Those online, I'm going to challenge you to close your eyes for a moment. And if Jesus is not your Savior, if you've never said, Jesus, come into my heart, I want to know you. Just think about it. He loves you so much that he died upon the cross for you. That's what Jesus did. He loved you that much. When someone loves you that much, that is awesome. And if you have never said, Jesus, come into my heart, come into my life, I want to make you my God, my Savior, and I love this part, my best friend. And you've never asked God to forgive your sins, and you never asked God to come into your life. This is the first day of the rest of your life. So while those are praying, if you're here today and you never accepted Jesus as your Savior, just say, here I am, here I am, here I am, here I am. If you're online and you've never accepted Jesus as your Savior, raise your hand. Just go, here I am, Lord. Father, I pray right now, each one, that Lord has acknowledged you 
I pray right now that you would grab hold of their hearts and that you, God, would do a work in them and grow them up to become the woman and man of God you call them to be. As they turn from the sin and turn to forgiveness and relationship, Father, I ask you to be praised, you to be glorified through this vessel, through this life, and that you would work your power and your testimony in them and through them as they faithfully put their hands on the plow and serve you. We ask this in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, Amen, amen. Can we give God some praise in the house of the Lord? Blessed be the name. Well, we thank you for joining us today. Let's continue to believe that God is going to do a work in all of our lives and in His church, despite our current circumstances. If you would like to support the ministry of Salem First Assembly, you can do so by mailing to 430 Route 45, Salem, New Jersey, 08079, or by visiting our website at salemfirstag.org. Please join us for service next Sunday at 10.30 a.m. or you can watch service every Sunday afternoon on Facebook at Salem First Assembly or YouTube at Salem First AG. You can also listen to the message every Tuesday on Podbean. Have a blessed rest of your day. Let's remember to be a blessing and that life is living in faith every day.